Hello, everyone, and welcome to the ISO Review Podcast, a production of the International Management System Institute. The ISO Review Podcast shares the latest international standards development and is your resource for getting the most out of your management systems. This is Howard Fox, business coach and host of the Success Insight Podcast, and I am joined by Jim Moran, ISO Management System Professional, now celebrating his 30th year delivering ISO support. Jim, welcome back for another episode of the ISO Review Podcast. Thank you very much, Howard. It is great to be here and looking forward to another sharing of ideas for our listeners to see if they can get some inspiration to beef up their information security. Fantastic. And I, I love the idea of inspiration, sharing, uh, security. And, and by the way, I think during the last episode, I had exclaimed that I think I had been bamboozled and I discovered everything is okay. So that's a good thing. That's uh, always a good thing. Always <laughs> a good thing. And how are you holding up in Ontario right now? How's the weather out there? Oh, the weather's great. It probably didn't make the American mainstream news, but last Friday, we, our major internet service provider in Canada went down for almost 24 hours in some areas. Yeah, 24 minutes would be acceptable. Maybe a couple hours would be accessible, but they completely let their, and they have not a few, they have millions and millions of customers. The internet data, the phone didn't work and people looking for online movies at night, they couldn't get anything. So I think there'll probably be some kind of federal investigation into it to find out how a company of this magnitude could be caught so with their shorts down and leave so many people stranded. Emergency calls couldn't be made for people in distress store. Things couldn't be delivered to stores in some cases. I visited a store just over here and they could not perform any sales transactions that day. So there's probably been a, a multi-billion dollar negative hit for the entire industry. And I haven't Today, I haven't checked their stock value, but it wouldn't surprise me if it dipped. That is incredible. And I have to admit, I did not hear about it. I don't recall even my friends from Guelph even mentioned it on their Facebook page. But, you know, you're right. That is a very severe event. I mean, it's one thing to say, okay, I can't load a movie and watch it with my kids. It's quite another when people's lives are at stake because of it. Absolutely. And the shocking thing was that a company of that size, the major provider in Canada, just simply didn't have enough redundancy built into their system to pick up the slack when things started to go wrong. Apparently, one of their employees or a group of employees was making some changes to the core program. And that's when the trouble started, but we haven't had confirmation of that yet. But in any case, it's definitely something that'll have a ripple effect. And they're just on the verge of buying yet another smaller internet provider company. And I'm hoping that the government steps in and halts it because we don't have nearly as many providers as you do in the States. We only have like three or four to pick from and you've got 60 or 70. So it's uh, something to help, help commerce and help competition. Sure. Now I have a question and this might be a little naive, maybe not. When this event happens, 
is this the sole responsibility of the provider or does the government, the province, do they somehow also have a hand in this or maybe they're not doing some oversight that they needed to be doing? That's entirely possible, but there's no laws regarding it. That's for sure. Uh, and the, the, we don't have that much overreach with our, the government has some laws they have to meet, of course. And of course, something like this, they would have been able to demonstrate that they met all the laws that apply to them. But there is one of our provinces, you've heard of Quebec, I'm sure they have filed a class action lawsuit. And so there'll be lots of that going on. I'm sure I don't know if all the provinces will do it individually, but it was pretty much coast to coast right across the country. That's incredible. That is, is incredible. It was quite a shock for everybody. Sure. Now, when last we met, we began discussing ISO 27001 and its use for managing cyber attacks. And we had a great conversation around what does the ISMS look like mm -hmm. and what's in store for us today as we continue this discussion? Well, to, to continue the topic, we're going to be talking about how ISO 27001 information security management system requirements could have helped Rogers in this particular case. We're going to be talking about sort of key, there are hundreds and hundreds of benefits. So we're going to try today, Howard, to boil it down to you know, five sort of key benefits that are really at the heart of this standard. Okay. Okay. So what, what are some of these benefits? Well, if we want to start sort of going go down the list, the first thing that is uh, comes, the first thing that the first benefit that comes from being certified to the standard and having built them management system to meet the requirements is that it can help protect your reputation from the kind of thing that happened to Rogers. And as far, as far as I know, they are not certified to ISO 27001, but in cases like this, hindsight's 2020, it's hard to tell if it would actually have helped and no international standard will help anybody if they don't actually use it. It's just like buying an exercise bike and hanging clothes on it. But nevertheless, in order to get certified, they would have had to have demonstrated that they've considered a number of risks and prioritized the risks and put controls in place to try to manage the risk if, if anything happened. So reputation, protecting your reputation from security threats would be one thing that an organization like that would benefit from. They help the companies identify relevant policies they need to document at the technologies you need to protect. And the standard refers to information as an asset. It isn't just something floating around in the air and you're imagining where it is. They identify every company needs to identify what pieces of information they're moving around and identify and name a person or, or a department or group of people that are responsible for that information asset. Good. And you just heard about this class action suit. <clears throat> Excuse me. They, another thing it can, could help an organization do is avoid regulatory fines. No matter where you live in the world, they, every government in the world that I know of, I'm not sure if Sri Lanka has this in place, but other governments 
have laws that organizations have to meet in order to operate safely and with information integrity in mind. And even the general data protection regulation, the global protection requirement is still, you can help me help yourself meet those requirements. And you'll find when you look at them, that ISO 27001 is lined up quite nicely with the GDPR regulations as well. But it can help with other, other standards as well as just the GDPR. Another, the third one is that it can help protect your reputation as an organization and stakeholders. It could even affect stock values. If people may have more confidence in your ability to be resilient or demonstrate resilience, if you have this standard in place, it remembers that in order to get certified to the standard, you have to be audited by an external third party, objective third party. The third party gets accredited by every country's national bodies, national standards body. So it's pretty, it's a pretty good, thorough look at what you're up to. And definitely when new business, I did three systems for organizations around our nation's capital who had to become ISO 27001 certified in order to bid on IT contracts for the federal government. Haven't seen that at the provincial level yet, or maybe in your case at the state level, but definitely the feds want people to have this certification in order to work on their equipment. And the other thing too, is we always say about, well, I'm not sure if I will ever be attacked from cyberspace. And i always tell people, it's not a case of if it's a case of when. Because it will happen. I remember you said that last, that last week. Yep. Yep. And I've discovered some more interesting perspectives on that very point, Howard. The accidents that do happen typically are not caused by external interlopers using brute force to crack into your system. They're usually uh, enhanced or made able. They're usually and enabled by someone inside of your own organization, excuse me, not following one of your information security rules. So it's like they're out there hovering, just waiting for somebody to open a window, a crack or a door, or leave, leave something unlocked. It can protect yourself that way. And you can imagine how important training for employees is when you're using this particular standard. Sure. Do you work with a company here in the U.S.? I believe they even have a presence in, in Canada. And every year I have to take a, a computer-based training course uh-huh. about information security and data security. And, and it's designed to demonstrate, for I guess for me to demonstrate, I am aware of it and I understand it, but also for the company to say, we are providing this and we demand this or require this from not only our employees, but our contractors. And interesting you mentioned that, and thanks for bringing it up. In the ISO 27001 standard, there are two clauses, clause 7.2 competence and clause 7.3 awareness. And they both start with the phrase persons working under the organization's control. So it's not just for employees, it's for 
it's for contractors like yourself and anybody else who does work for the organization. And they need to be aware of how they could maybe create a leak in the system. They need to be aware of how to properly log on, log off, and log off fully. They also may have to be, may have to practice a thing called clear screen and clear desk. So that once you got taught all that in that video you watched and so on, it's, it meant that they've done some due diligence in terms of preparing you to work for them. Thanks. That's a great example. Another thing that the ISO 27001 does, since it's a standard, an international standard, and it has various clauses in it, it's going to improve an organization's focus. And sometimes when they adapt and grow, it doesn't take long before people lose sight of their responsibilities around information security. So the standard requires that you actually have an organizational chart. And yeah, you heard me mention before about these things called information assets. Uh, the chart or some other method we use really wouldn't matter. Could be a, a Excel spreadsheet, could be a a database inter, interconnected with various things, but it needs, there needs to be close attention paid to changes in your organization and that it happens that the IT industry has probably people have a shelf life of probably three or four years in some cases, unless you're the owner of the company. So it's important that when new people come in, they have that exact situation that you just described where they're made aware of what's going on. The system doesn't need to be rigid, but it needs to be stable and needs to be flexible enough to ensure that everybody keeps their focus on information security tasks. And then in order to make sure that the focus is there, that you're required to do an activity called internal audits. Audit yourself. Some people have a, a regular penetration test done. A friend of mine in Ottawa has a, a buddy who was hired by one of our national security organizations with the federal government to each day, nine to five, Monday to Friday, he does penetration testing for their system. That's all he does. He tries to break in, tries to hack his way in and lets them know when he finds little, little cracks in the, in the stones as it were. Wow. So not everybody has the resources to hire somebody to do that, but definitely every once in a while, you could have an outside agency come in, maybe spend a day looking around. And there are many, many online programs you can get now to tell you like sort of when something's getting a little bit weak or prevents some hiccups or if something went down for a particular period of time. Uh, we have it on our websites that we have our clients use, and it's called the health check. It's built right into the platform. It's built right into their ISO system that they, that they use this software for, and it helps keep them assured that nothing bizarre is happening. Sure. And then hopefully the biggest, one of the bigger benefits for some companies will be, you know, that they would reduce the need for frequent audits. It's globally accepted as a standard that demonstrates effective security and particularly on the repeat customer side, on the repeat customer audits, people may get away with fewer of them, uh, just because some customers will accept the ISO 27001 certificate as evidence that you have in fact taken the time 
to elder management system. They know it's being audited. They know a third party comes in annually to audit it. And, uh, hopefully any data they share with you will be kept safe. And that's what helps strengthen your, your image in the marketplace as well. And that's about it. There are hundreds more, Howard, but those five things can certainly maybe help you make a case with upper management to think about investing some effort and some money, of course, in building an ISO 27,000 wood information security management system. I appreciate you, you sharing that and elaborating on the, the these uh, benefits and I'm I'm left with the question for the, this internet service provider. If I was, if I was someone, whether it's government or regulator or a auditor coming in, probably the first question I'm going to ask is, can I see your, what what, your security system, your information security management system? What are you doing? Yeah. And how are you taking care of it? How are you? checking it to see if it's working properly. How are you upgrading it? So it'll be, it'll be quite a while, I think, before a lot of people get their trust built back up in there. And what will be interesting, what we can see, as I mentioned, their stock price for one thing, and then possibly how many customers are going to lose this week. Right. And right. yeah. And there are even people in our, one of our national papers, they're talking about it as an opportunity to change how we think about our, about Canada's complete digital infrastructure. So that we, as, as disastrous as it was for millions of people, there, there'll be something good that'll come out of it. That's for sure. Let's hope that. Well, we have chatted about now regarding the ISO 27001 and it's used for managing cyber attacks. Our last episode, we, we talked about what the ISMS looks like today. We spoke about the benefits, the five key benefits of using ISO 27001 to manage cyber attacks. And I guess the next question is, is what is coming up in the future episodes as we kind of unpack this very important topic? Well, I, that's a good question. And I don't have my page open. So okay. So I'm going to prompt you I'll, there, my friend. I'll, I'll have to, I'll leave that one to you. you can All right. Okay. Well, okay. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. <laughs> so here in our next episode, Jim is going to expand on pack. What does an effective implementation plan look like? And then we'll follow that up by our last episode in this particular segment is what specific guidance is available. So we'll, Jim will be ready to, to speak on those particular topics related to using ISO 27001 to manage cyber attacks. Now, I do know this is there's an upcoming event that is hosted by the British Standards Institution, BSI. And what is that event? It is on the 20. 20- Um, Sorry, 28th. It's on the 28th of July, Howard. And it's this this exact same topic. It's how to use ISO 27001 to build a system that can create resilience for you, internet resilience or just information security resilience. And uh, we have usually have a pretty good number of people show up at those. You can ask questions. We have some interesting material for you to get a copy of the 
uh, the, the interview after, and they always have a handout too. It's a really worthwhile spot to land for an hour on a Thursday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern time. And it's really, it, as I said, if you had questions about it, you can ask questions right in the, right in the webinar and they'll give you all kinds of information on other options that we'll be talking about in our next podcast. Very good. Very good. And we will most definitely be providing the link, uh, to register for this event, which is Thursday, July 28th from two to 3 PM Eastern time. Now. For you, Jim, if our listeners to the podcast would like to learn more about you and your work, where are the best places for them to go? Well, the, probably the first best place is our site called simplifyiso.com. Uh, there's an about page there. It talks a little bit about our software and the host or the, uh, the body that we're broadcasting this from is called the International Management System Institute. And you'll have a link down below, but the imsipro.org site talks a lot about how an individual, someone who might be listening, could become a management system professional and learn how to implement ISO 27001 in their own organization and other standards as well. And the, we have a LinkedIn, we have a link to the LinkedIn profile down there. And of course the Buzzsprout link there as well. Thanks. Fantastic. Yes. And we'll provide all those links. And I know we've got some, a link to some courses that are on the learning Alliance, as well as your YouTube links. And we'll have a link back to this, my podcast in LinkedIn profile. So folks, you get to hear and learn more from Jim. He's got a lot of stuff. I'm just, I'm just helping him steer the ship here and I'm his, I'm his first mate, but yes. uh, we hope you enjoyed today's episode and you know, this is important stuff. I mean, a lot of stuff going on in this world, but there's certain things we just have to constantly be diligent about. And this is certainly one of them. And we appreciate that in today's episode of the ISO review podcast, that Jim has further unpacked the, the, this topic of ISO 27001 to manage cyber attacks and has shared five, though there are many benefits, but really kind of the five, say top benefits that an organization should just be aware of as they explore how ISO 27001 can, it can help them inside their organization and the, the, its impact and, and relevance. So we hope you enjoyed today's episode. And again, we're going to provide all the backlinks on our show notes, and we are going to be available this episode on LinkedIn. We'll have a, a link to our, this particular episode. You can listen to it as well as previous episodes of the ISO review podcast. And we are on, of course, the podcast directories. All you need to do is search on ISO review podcast. Now, until then, again, we hope you enjoyed this short segment to myself, Howard Fox with Jim Moran. And just remember, the ISO Review Podcast is a production of the International Management System Institute, and you can find us online at imsipro.org or wherever you listen to your podcast. Take care now.